talk about the role of AI product manager. And we have a special guest today, Geo. Both Geo and I studied on the same program. It was Information Technologies for Business Intelligence. I did this a few years earlier. And after graduating, Geo worked as a data scientist like me. Like uh, this is what I did after graduating. But after working for a couple of years as a data scientist, Geo switched his focus to product management. And this is what we will talk today. So welcome, Geo. Thanks a lot, Lexi. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming. So before we go into uh, our main topic of the role of AI slash ML product manager, let's start with your background. Can you tell us about your career journey so far? Yeah, definitely. I think that will help the audience as well. So I, my background is mostly computer science engineering. I, I studied computer science engineering. Uh, that was my bachelor's. Uh, I think my... Most of my initial interactions was morely in like pure software development, web, I would say, because I, uh, even my studies, I was doing a lot of uh, websites, blogging. I was into these kind of things. Like at that time, content writing was like not vlogs didn't exist. It was mostly, you know, typing content. So I was into that. So I did WordPress, PHP, and page rank optimization, social media marketing. So I think that I did that quite quite a lot, I would say, but it was good in I think when I think about it now, it, it's actually it helped me a lot to understand uh, a lot of key concepts like basics. And it was also a time for me to practice my what I was learning as well. Then after my graduation, actually, I actually worked as a developer as well, uh, Java development backend. Um, so I did that and then while I was working, then uh, this opportunity of IT for BI came along, and uh, then I moved uh, to Europe uh, from India, and I did the masters. And after finalizing my masters, I worked as data science engineer, I would say. And during my masters, I did work like with ING Bank for a while, but it was more like a small internship. But I think that would be like maybe first formal experience as a product manager i would say i was working very closely with product management team and so then after my studies i went back to you know data science so i was like yeah i think this is what uh, i wanted to do and that was my impression and then slowly realized um, maybe product management is something that i would be more uh, interested in doing so i always like to see the bigger picture of things uh, and uh, doing adding more value to the business. I know that uh, data science also does it, but it's just not sometimes not visible. I like to all these stuff that product managers are doing. Uh, so I, I switched into slowly into that direction. And then I moved to uh, UK. I was working as a product manager for Revolute uh, for two years. And then now at Globo again as a technical product manager. So yeah, that's actually my career. So. Uh, nothing very surprising. Uh, normal track uh, of a software engineer to data science, and some of them continue as data scientists. But I decided to go into product management. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. So you you said you worked, you had a bit of experience when you were an intern. You did a bit of product product management, right? Yeah. But then you thought, okay, since I'm doing this masters, uh, I wanted to do data science. So you tried yeah. that for, for a couple of years and uh, you then realized that product I management mean, is for you, right? 
Yeah, I wasn't sure. I know that I liked product management, but then it's also like it's not easy job to get into because yeah, because it's not like a product management is not something that is taught in any university or anything, right? It's something that you need to learn by doing. So uh, it wasn't easy as well to get into like product management jobs. So uh, I was just like waiting for the right time and right moment to come along. So it was there actually in my mind. Okay, I want to do this, but I was just not 100% sure. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the main uh, driver for you was that you wanted to have, uh, as you said, like you wanted to see the bigger picture, right? Not yeah, just yeah. contribute to a specific piece of the system, but have impact on overall thing, on overall product, right? Yeah. I think that's also, I enjoyed like, you know, going into seeing like bigger architectures, uh, how these uh, multiple systems interact with each other, and then you can also set the direction where this is going as well, which I found quite interesting. I know like people, some people like that, while some others don't like this. They want to, you know, focus on that scope, smaller scope and improve it, improve it. Uh, that's fair. That's we need people like that as well. So I just didn't see myself doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, can you tell us more about what does Glovo do and what do you do there as a technical PM? Yeah, sure. So Glovo is uh, is originally from Barcelona. So right now I'm based in Barcelona. So it's uh, it's it was founded in 2015. So uh, it's a super app. So its main focus is on f- delivery of food, but the the mission is very simple to give access to anything in the city so it doesn't matter if it's food if it's groceries uh, pharmaceuticals uh, then you have supermarkets so global is delivering everything so the model is the normal flywheel marketplace model so you have different sellers trying to sell their stuff in like restaurants pharmacies and so that's the model. And I think almost 100 million do- uh, orders are done every year in average, uh, currently operating in almost 20 plus countries global. And my job in global is to lead the team uh, that is managing the machine learning platform. So essentially, I'm a technical product manager there, uh, defining the vision and direction that this platform should be going. Um, so that helping data scientists in deploying different machine learning models. So in Glovo, we have almost, uh, I think, 50 plus data scientists uh, and a lot of data analysts. So all of them are using machine learning to add value to business. So what my my platform is doing is essentially uh, helping them, giving the infrastructure to productionize their models faster and different tools for managing the quality of models, et cetera. So uh, basically identifying what to do with the platform, how can we improve the platform and what what's next, you know, how we can improve it and align it to make it better, yeah. And you said lead a team that manages ML platform. Does it mean that you're building your own platform or you have some other, some platform that you manage? Um, so, uh, we are building our own, I mean, it's in-house solution. So essentially, I mean, we have a platform right now. So it's like, it's a legacy platform, I would say. I mean, legacy is maybe a bit a harsh word to use. It's just maybe three years older. But uh, the thing is, industry is going so fast and the requirements are super high now 
because the platform we right now has, for instance, the training orchestration was done in Jenkins. Now we are moving slowly into Argo and Airflow and orchestration is more scalable. So these kind of things, so slowly we are improving. So uh, in the end, it's an in-house platform, though we do integrate third-party tools based on the requirements. Uh, and it's not like hunt, we build everything. Depends on, we assess if we feel like, hey, this capability may not be feasible for us to build in-house. What we do is uh, we assess the vendors and say like, okay, let's maybe use that solution and integrate with the platform. Is it something that you do as a technical product manager? Or? Uh, yeah. So uh, essentially my role uh, would uh, uh, will be to take feedback, ongoing feedback from data scientists. I take, I discuss with them. I have, I may, I may not be speaking to every data scientist, but I usually speak with data science leads or managers of data scientists. Uh, I take their feedback and see what's their problems and challenges in using the platform. That's one way I approach it. And the second one is uh, use, review the existing product and what's there in the market and where do you stand, right? So you try to understand, hey, my platform is having these gaps and how can we fill it? So this means you need more capabilities in the platform. So you come in and write the specifications and roadmap and ensure the deliveries for this. So that's another direction. Then finally, as always, like a platform, you have technical depth, so which is uh, which may slow down, but it it can also be an accelerator. So how to manage this efficiently and prioritizing this to find the right balance to so that the business is not slowing down. You give what data scientists want. Uh, some models may need custom tools. You give and prioritize what they want. While meanwhile, you also continue improving the platform. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, so this is an internal product, right? So you are not a customer facing team. So what is the main uh, idea? So why do you have a product manager for an internal team? Um, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I think uh, internal teams, even though it's like uh, internal, but in the end, there is like almost, I mean, 100 plus use people using this platform. So there is customers for this platform. And uh, what we need is we need to accelerate uh, the quality of the models. We need faster time to deployment. We need, we are actually enabling these users of the platform to add more value to customers, right? So it's not direct correlation, but indirectly you are actually enabling uh, everyone in the company actually to deliver more and more value to the to the customer. So that's a one way of saying it. So uh, this second one is, even though it's an internal platform, as the platform grows, you need to understand what's your customers, uh, what they need. And you also need to look into the industry and say, hey, uh, this is what uh, we need to do at this right now. So we need uh, someone who can actually prioritize what needs to be done and what capabilities needs to be there in the platform. So that's where a product manager adds more value there. Then finally, to make sure, you know, all the, it's a big platform, you have different requirements coming from different stakeholders, like data scientists have different needs. Uh, then business data engineers may have different needs. And uh, then apart from that, you also have internal requests, right? I need this 
bugs and needs to be fixed. So prioritization and understanding, hey, based on all the things that we need to do, uh, product manager is going to assess uh, what can be done and what's the best way to do it. So I definitely believe, even though it's in general platform, you need product managers at some point uh, to make it efficient and operate it in the right direction. Um, else, I have seen platforms going in a very, very messy stage where you have a lot of tools, a lot of capabilities with no one knows how to use it and no direction being happening. Yeah. So that's what happens when an internal team, a tool, tooling team or a platform team doesn't have a product manager, right? Yeah, usually what happens is developers may say like, hey, this tool is cool, let's integrate it. They integrate mm -hmm. So in the end, you will have a platform, but it is a bunch of tools or libraries or bunch of multiple UIs. So when a person comes in to use this, they will be like, hey, what? Where should I start? You know, uh, Even though there is documentation, you will say like, hey, there is this tool for tracking. What about this tool? So there is lack of consistency, lack of uh, UI, uh, so in the end, what happened is if you think about it, a data scientist salary in average, maybe like, let's say 4,000 euros. And if the person is struggling to use this platform for two weeks, uh, you are actually costing more business <laughs> debt and salary is actually, let's take an example, like uh, two weeks is like maybe 2,000 euros. So if 50 users are there, you are actually costing maybe 10,000 or 100,000 euros less, right? So if you can think like that, then you will see like, hey, why you need actually some product managers to fix this, yeah. And how do you help to actually, so you said you prioritize things, yeah, right? You collect requirements and then yep. uh, requirements come from different sources. So it can be, you saw a demo from some external tool or yep. somebody complained, complained to you about something. So you yep. take yep. all this down, then you have like a, a backlog, right? And then you prioritize yep. the backlog. How, yep. how do you do that? So that prioritization process is done with the team, the development team. So we have engineering managers. So usually product managers work very closely with engineering managers and the development team itself. So product managers try to define the problem itself, what the problem is, uh, while the definition of the solution uh, happens with the engineering team, right? So, uh, and all this discussions is part of, we have weekly grooming of backlog. So product manager runs this session saying every, every hour, well, sorry, every week, we have an hour where we discuss about, hey, this is the top priorities, this is the, and then we decide based on the team, we follow some agile methodologies or something to make sure we have deliveries, right? And once we agreed on uh, the backlog and time of delivery, we communicate back to the stakeholders saying, uh, hey, data scientist requested this feature. I will go back to the data scientist saying, we are actually working on this and we will. you can expect this to be delivered uh, in two weeks or four weeks or a month. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And you mentioned one interesting thing, uh, one important thing, that your job as a product manager is to think about problems. So you define a problem, yeah. but then you are not thinking about the solution. So the engineering team thinks about the solution, um, right? Well, yeah, it's actually a hard problem. It's a, it's a, it's a I mean, it's a, it's a quite a complex topic to discuss. I mean, I actually, it's a, the danger of often is people 
doesn't really understand the problem first and they directly go into solutions. Uh, that's very dangerous in my opinion. I have seen examples where people saying to me, uh, hey, I want to solve recommendations and multi-category recommendations won't work. I read an article in Medium about it. So you, you can draw into conclusions right away and say this solution may not work, while it is also important that you validate your hypothesis, uh, et cetera. So as product managers, what, uh, what I do is I would only can say what would be the desired outcome, not the solution. So uh, let's say I want the model training time to be reduced by X percent. So now the, the outcome is clear and the metric is clear, while the engineering team I work with We'll have to come, we go back and forth. Now the problem is clear and the outcome is clear. We just need to find how we reach that stage. So it's always important you define clearly your problem and what is the outcome. And the outcome is essentially, and then how you will measure it. It's, it's I think it's easy to say, but I think I spend a lot of time in doing this. It's, I think that's about KPIs, right? And all that. Like, how exactly. do you measure that your? platform is good like how do you measure it that you reduce the time that data scientists uh, spent with your platform like it's very hard to track right exactly so th these things are hard to track so you have to build an observability metrics uh, you need to have pushed uh, you know uh, more metrics to maybe to datadog whatever observability tools you are using so i would say this is an interesting topic that itself i think even industry is challenged to answer sometimes because um, I think uh, many, most of the MLOps tools in the market don't have this answer yet. So it's a problem I think everyone is trying to solve, yeah. Yeah, and the, the question I actually had when uh, asking that is I know that you have a background, uh, engineering background, so you spend some yeah. time doing uh, Java development and you spend some time doing data science. Yeah. So you're, not maybe now, but some time ago, you were quite hands-on. So you... Yeah still know how to do some things right so you still remember you still yeah. have this experience so how do you yeah. make sure you don't jump into this solution mode as a pm and you don't start recommending teams what to do yeah that's actually a very good question and it's also a hardest thing that you struggle on a daily basis uh because uh first thing is uh problems uh is i think it's a mindset of product where you need actually to think more about the problem itself and to, for sure i think to jump into solutions uh, the mistake usually it's because sometimes you get too excited about a problem so <laughs> so it's not like uh, stop being excited it's just about uh, spending more time on understanding the problem itself breaking down into into small pieces uh, so that's that's one exercise that helps me from preventing me from going directly into solution. So when you start breaking down your problem into smaller pieces and how to solve it, you essentially understand that, uh, hey, I cannot think about one solution maybe directly. It's not the right way and right time for me to do it. Uh, I essentially should try spend time in clarifying this problem and breaking down it into small pieces, right? So that's one way of doing it. And the other one is, it, I think it takes practice, right? It's a, it's consistent effort. Uh, sometimes you do that as well. And then you you will have to, you know, uh, and be realistic about it and say, hey, I did it. I need, I need to make sure that I'm not doing it anymore, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. And uh, you said you spent a lot of time trying to understand the problem, break it down. Yeah. Do you do this alone or the whole team is involved? How does it usually look like? Um, so sometimes, yes, all the whole team involves. Then some, some of the cases is mostly with the actual users, uh, which can be... Uh, it depends on the job I used to do. So in previous job, it, it was sometimes with regulators or compliance managers or uh, some customers. And in right now, I'm mostly spend some time with data scientists to uh, I take feedback, do some brainstorming sessions. Um, it's just maybe a, just a mirror board where we we do an exercise together and say like, uh, hey, uh, let's go into deeper and we list out all the problems. We group the problems together. Um, it's usually workshops or um, customer interviews or user interviews and uh, things like that helps us to clarify the problem more. So mostly speaking, I would say, communicating and understanding, that's, uh, that's the way it uh, usually works, yeah. So would you say that speaking, communicating, also you mentioned prioritization, are the main skills you need to have as a product manager? Ideally, yes. I think that's uh, that's the key drivers. As a product manager, you spend your uh, most of your schedule is around communications and how do you you spend a lot of time in discussions with people. So it's actually a very important skill to have good communication skill. And I also don't believe that everyone from day one have this skill, right? It's it takes time and practice. So I, I would say like uh, it's an it's a very important skill and prioritization as well is a very key skill, uh, which I would say also is not an easy thing because I know people it's people with ten or twenty years of product management experience still spend a lot of time doing this because it's not at all easy because you have many people with many requirements, all of them has importance. Then now you need to go back and do your work and be realistic in prioritizing things, what needs to be done and what brings value to uh, customers. Mm -hmm. What else do you think are, uh, what kind of other skills do you need uh, at work? Like in addition to this communication prioritization? Yeah, so in my specific case, being more close to the ML, ML world, I would say, for me, it's also important to understand the market uh, or where the industry is going with machine learning and machine learning ops and uh, engineering practices, cloud technologies. Uh, so uh, you need to be constantly updated because uh, one thing is maybe you, are, you may be solving the problem in a really wrong way or maybe you're not using the right tools, right? So for this, you need constant learning of, what's happening in the industry and uh, maybe it could be review of uh, some materials or participating in some events and etc so learning is very important i would say and the second one is uh, also like understanding of you know model architectures uh, technical uh, you know how maybe it can be like building event streaming systems or batched or uh, big data related knowledge uh, database related knowledge so all this can help because you are your communications in the end is based on these topics so if you if you cannot understand or you cannot stay updated with it you are actually going to struggle a lot as a product manager so you need to be really updated with uh, what's the technologies in the company and uh, how they are using it 
and it could be security related issues from it can be a wide range of issues so you need to have a real good understanding of how this works uh, else it, it will be like uh, it can be a good of, bit of a disaster uh, being a product manager who communicates a lot but who doesn't understand what's happening under the hood right so for that learning is quite important i would say yeah mm-hmm. how important do you think is to have a technical background for a technical product manager like you have Like, I guess all the things you mentioned, you studied them at uh, IT4BI yeah. and you probably also know them from your yeah. work. So I think, it dip, uh, so I, I, we have different kinds of product managers can go into that later. But in my kind of roles, I would say it's, it's very important because uh, in the end, uh, if you are communicating often with data scientists, you need to understand what is model lifecycle, how does model works. Uh, and you need to have understanding of algorithms, et cetera. So that's very important. On the other hand, you are going back to your team, which is essentially engineers who are building a platform. So they are platform engineers. So you need, you need to understand different cloud technologies, tooling and uh, Kubernetes and or, or whatever infrastructure solutions that you're using, you need to have an understanding of this. So some of the technologies I learned on the fly because In, in Amadeus, the cloud we used was uh, Redshift, uh, was like a private cloud managed by Amadeus itself. Uh, it was like OpenShift and et cetera. So that you learned there. Then when I went to Revolut, it was fully on GCP. So I was new to GCP at that time. And you just learn the concepts and understand what's GCP offering. It could be Dataflow, PubSub. Uh, then you come to Global, we are very much using AWS. So now I'm in a new world of AWS now. So it's just a matter of, you know, uh, I think in the underlying concept is the same, but you just need to be really aware of what's happening in all this uh, as a technical product manager, because else I, I think you will struggle with prioritization because you won't be understanding what to solve. Uh, you will be struggling with how to solve it. Uh, and when solutions are being discussed, you will feel like, hey, what's actually happening? Because I don't understand anything, right? So uh, in a very platform specific uh, technical roles, I would say, yes, it's very much important. Yeah, thanks. And uh, yeah, we have quite an interesting question. Um, actually, what you describe is uh, to some extent quite similar to what I do, although yeah. I am not a product manager. But there is some yeah. overlap, like you know, yeah. discussing architecture, then talking to data scientists, seeing what the problems are. Although, so my title is, uh, you know, I'm on the individual contributor track of uh, yeah. data scientists. So, like yeah. my title is principal data scientist. And the question is that we have is what is the difference between the data team lead and uh, a data PM? Uh, in this case, I, I think it's very similar to also like what's the difference between, let's say, a lead data scientist and uh, technical AI product manager? Yeah, so first, uh, I mean, um, the I think lead data scientists also are managers, right? If I understand, or they are not, line not always. Uh, oh. So this is like, uh, you can think of uh, it as individual contributor level, let's say after senior. So yeah. In some companies, yeah. it's staff data scientists. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, now I get it. So. Uh, Uh, I also work with staff data scientists and staff engineers as well. So uh, first thing is the main aspect that difference is they don't drive a roadmap. 
like uh, they don't they may drive the roadmap one of the items in a roadmap like they may own a work stream or they own multiple work streams so i think they come in a lot when we are defining the solution when i defined earlier when i mentioned about the solution part uh, product managers are usually the one who is actually very much helping defining the problem and the outcome while lead or staff engineers are the first people who actually come to help me to define the desired outcome you, uh, the the solution itself usually so that's the first uh, first main thing the second one is uh, i actually don't really go into the details of quality of code or i don't go into the de details of going into reviewing pull requests on a daily basis or i don't go into any architectural technical architectural decision making i mean i do say my input that's that's always welcomed while it's not my expected responsibility to go and make this decisions i think this is done usually by the data science leads or staff data scientists then also about model architecture i what i will be interested in is mostly the results uh, what was your hypothesis and how did you test it and what's the outcome of your ab test and how we add value that would be what i will be interested in rather than saying me i'll chose a deep learning model over uh, uh, something mm -hmm. else, right so this decision making i i'm only interested in there in the outcome while the lead or the staff data scientist is going to actually work on um the architecture understanding how i translate these problems into actual requirements and uh, working in yeah mm -hmm. yeah and the, the actually the question was uh, the difference between the data team lead and the data pm i think i slightly rephrased it because yeah. i was more interested in uh yeah. hearing, you know the difference between individual contributor and product manager yeah. but yeah let's say this uh, this data scientist uh, uh, this person is a data science manager so yeah. they are a data team lead or whatever yeah. you call them so what's the difference here apart from you know having to manage people um as a data if it's data pm or just data science lead you said yeah let's say data science uh, lead uh, team yeah. lead and then a technical uh, machine learning product manager yeah sure definitely so uh, usually uh, data science leads uh, probably will have ownership of multiple uh, scope within the same product so let's say a product is for recommendations so the recommendations may have multiple types of recommendations right so this is a bigger scope so what i have seen is this data science lead own the full direction of this one while the product manager is very much focused on the customer side of uh, hey uh, where will in the ui i will pay, place this recommendation uh, how i will work the product manager also work with the with the ux or designers to design the how the this will look look like then there is also backend involved in this model process right you need to integrate your models into backend so product manager act as the sender point of contact for that is uh, that is actually ensuring the collaboration is happening effectively with backend and uh, data science lead and their data scientists as well so that's happening then importantly the product manager itself defines the rollout strategy so let's say i have a model and this model is performing really well and when should i go into the market so 
time to go to market? Do we need to campaign, do any marketing campaigns for it, uh, et cetera? This is defined by the product manager while data science lead. I mean, their input is always welcomed, but it's not something that they actually do on a daily basis. Then sometimes I think in my previous job, like governance was a big factor. Like uh, data science models were regulatory models, which needed to undergo uh, uh, an approval of a governance board. So it was product manager who actually collected the results with data science leads and data scientists and could go to the governance board and say, hey, this is the results and uh, this is the outcome. Can you please approve it? And this is the business use case. So these kind of external communications, approvals, governance is monitored by the, the product manager itself, but not data science leads. Mm. So that's, uh, it seems like product managers have more responsibilities here because this is like saying, okay, this should be approved, especially when it comes to regulations. Uh, right. Yeah. So here, like the the how to say liability or responsibility is so much higher. Right? Yeah. Because that's the so, ultimate decision to go with this model. Exactly. So essentially, uh, it can really affect your uh, regulatory licensing, uh, or it can be a money laundering uh, rule or something. So it can actually really lead to a huge fines, etc. So. Uh, for instance, I think that what happened with Zillow, everyone is saying now, uh, but uh, similarly for banking, it can happen. But I think only in financial tech, I have seen this deeper regulations and governance being in place because of the nature of the business. In global, no, not yet. Uh, I don't think it's a, it's a regulated bit. I mean, there is regulation for a lot of things, but it's not like a very strict governance process for model release yet. While I think it's people who are working in fintech can relate to this more, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, also as an internal PM, maybe you don't uh, need to deal with, or less uh, deal, you need to deal less with these kind of things. And yeah, you, you mentioned like thinking of time to market, thinking yeah. about marketing. So I guess this is out of scope for you right now. Right now, yes. Uh, but I would say still, uh, some of the features and capabilities when we release. Um, it is also important for me to understand who will adopt it and how may, because we want all the people in, maybe it's not feasible for everyone in the company to adopt a capability of the platform. So we need to understand also, hey, uh, who is going to adopt it and when is going to adopt it. So this is kind of time to not market, time to stakeholders. So, and how we roll out an adoption. So, and you need to align that with them as well. So it's quite similar, right? Yeah. Okay. Except maybe uh, the market you have is uh, yeah, exactly. uh, slightly uh, smaller, but yeah, still it, you have a market. It's, right? it's, neg it's like, uh, I would say negligible compared to millions of users. So, but it's, uh, but I think these people are the hardest because they, everyone has a say because they, they, they speak to you on a daily basis while on a customer group, you are you actually may just release it to beta and go into millions of users right away. And uh, so, yeah, there is uh, pros and cons in both way of thinking, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the question so here, when you say engineering team, do you include data scientists in there in the engineering team or you talk mostly about backend uh, developers? Yeah, so when I say engineering team, it's only the 
backend uh, engineers right now. Even for my platform, the MLOps platform that I'm doing, we do have few two data scientists as well. Currently, they are part of the engineering team, which is not VR because it's like I'm still structuring the teams there. So at some point, we want the data scientists to be in an independent team as well. So it's an exceptional scenario right now uh, that the team that I'm working with has two data scientists embedded into the engineering team. But ideally, uh, in other company, in other teams in Glovo, it's usually engineering team is just backend engineers or system engineers, develop engineers, and data engineers. But they don't really have any data scientists a part of the engineering team. Mm -hmm. And the team you work directly, the team that builds the platform, who yeah. are they? What kind of responsibilities do, do they have? So what roles, titles. Yeah, so we define the user journey of a data scientist. So we have a starting from model training. Uh, sorry, I would say start with offline experimentation. So you start with exper offline experimentation, like uh, what notebooks uh, offering infrastructure for this. Then you have data management, which is a huge area. You need to integrate with data lake, data warehouse, uh, feature store. So this data management related tooling, uh, so we have backend engineers building tooling around it. Then some of the data quality related tooling, like great expectations, integrating these libraries with our platform. This is done by backend engineers. Then we have a model training infrastructure. So we allow data scientists to schedule workflows for model training, which is essentially model training jobs which could be scheduled and run on a daily basis or weekly based on the business requirement. So this has underlying infrastructure, which is Kubernetes, uh, because we are using Argo right now. So this has system engineers uh, or people with Kubernetes knowledge, which is usually system engineers uh, managing this. And we also use some, then once the model is trained, you need to go into deployment phase. So uh, the model needs to be productionized. So it could be served via an API or it could be um, a basic consumption of key value store, like you know, it's a batch batch consumption or reinforcement learning based uh, approaches as well. So all this requires like you know CI/CD pipelines, which is probably Jenkins. Plus we also have Spinnaker for it. So uh, all this is managed uh, within the platform, and any bugs in this is fixed by these engineers. Uh, so when a data scientist is trying to deploy something, if something breaks. We will have an internal help sender, which they raise a ticket to us saying, hey, this is an issue. If it's a high priority, we prioritize it straight away and uh, try to fix it. So it's a mixture of system engineers, backend engineers, and uh, we don't have SREs, but at some point, yes, we would like to have to maintain the infrastructure part, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you mentioned that also that there are a couple of data scientists who take care of offline experiments. Do they take it? Uh, did I understand it correctly? Or they are more like users and they are not in your team? So we have a couple of data scientists. They actually not just, they don't own any particular user journey right now, but they also very focused on tooling, like uh, data science tooling, uh, for instance, AV testing tools, um, then uh, data quality tools. Then we have a library, which core library of the platform they manage this core library then there is also some we offer out of the box i would say the core library of the platform also have integrations with standard bs libraries like numpy pandas so 
different libraries they use. So all of this is managed uh, by data scientists. And at some point, they also act as, I would say, accelerators, like power users of the platform. So let's say another data scientist is joining the company and he have a new model. When they try to use our platform, these data scientists are more like you know consultants to them saying, hey, this is how you should do it. Uh, they will help in, with the best practices in the platform, uh, sort of guiding them through uh, using the platform in an effective manner. Like dev, uh, devrel, dev advocates, right? Sort of. Yeah, exactly. So it's more like developer advocates, but they also do some modeling. Actually, last I think, yeah, they also do some modeling for internal purposes. So we have some dummy models we test, which we use. For instance, uh, recently, one of them did a model for predicting how many Jira tickets we're going to get on a weekly basis. Very simple model, but it's just used for us to you know, manage the life cycle of the platform. So we can use this for tutorials and writing up demos, etc. Interesting. So you mentioned Jira tickets, and then there is a comment that uh, Scrum doesn't work for data science projects. So do you know what's the best way to manage data science projects? Um, there is no best. <laughs> I think, I don't think there is like one answer to this. It's, I think uh, it's very subjective to the team, the company, the culture, and you need to try different methodologies. When I joined, I mean, when I started in Revolut, there was nothing like I was, my job was to build a team and everything. So we weren't doing any scrum or anything. We were just having a to-do list. Then we reached the stage, okay, now we have a few people. Let's maybe do Kanban. Uh, like we just have a high priority list and we just do it. Then we reached the stage that, okay, now we are in governance. We need to make releases. Okay, let's do scrum. So it's it's. I think it's an iterative and adaptive process. And I don't think that's a... I personally don't think it's good to say that, hey, this is not going to work without trying uh, something. And Scrum has been there for maybe 20 years. <laughs> so, and it's used uh, and it can work. I know places it doesn't work. So, so it's like, uh, it's like you need to understand what's actually the team need of the team. Uh, and maybe some teams are research oriented, research R&D teams. They may not need Scrum, actually, it's true. So, but it depends on the scope of the business and where you are and uh, how you want to deliver. And uh, yeah, that's, I, I think, my personal take on this one. I haven't worked in Scrum like in five or six years. Yeah. But um, what I remember is the main problem with this is like data science projects are usually not very deterministic. So it's yeah. sometimes hard to say, okay, this will take, I don't know, five story points or 20 story points, right? So yeah, yeah. So that's, I guess, the main uh, problem. So, and then at the end of the sprint, uh, you say, oh, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. 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 I understand what you mean. Uh, then, it depends. So I think then you have, you can, I mean, I am just saying about agile practices, you can try Kanban, maybe mm -hmm. then it may work. It's just like, you don't need to size all the points. So mm -hmm. it does like, that's why we have retrospectives. We speak mm -hmm. with the team to understand, Hey, what's working and what's not working. So, and product managers should also do this because uh, in the end, the delivery, it's affecting the delivery. So you need uh, high quality delivery and with the everyone in the team being satisfied, satisfied about it. 
So I think product managers have very important responsibility in doing that as well, yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, I'm quite interested actually in your career journey, in your transition. So when you decided, okay, now I want to have larger impact. So I want to do less hands-on work and focus more on, you know, defining problems rather than solutions. Yeah. So from the moment when you realized this to the moment when you got your first uh, job offer as a, a product manager. So what did you do there? Like how this looked like for you? Um, so I actually started like being into product management maybe three years or four years before I started my first job. So I was in different communities in product management. I read a few books about product management. Uh, I was constantly reviewing all these talks that there was something like product school. I think now it's very popular. So they were doing like something like what you are doing for data science. They were doing it for product. So there was a lot of product managers coming from Google, Facebook, speaking about product management. And then I think I closely worked with a few product managers, like to understand how they are doing the solutions and everything. So, so slowly I realized that I also did a lot of product management as a, when I was doing my blogging, like when I was maintaining my own website, I realized it slowly like, hey, you actually did some product management before because you are building a UI, which is used by quite a few people. And you were trying to make revenue out of it by placing ads in the right places. And so, and then even in data science lifecycle, you are, you spend a lot of time understanding the business. So you actually are doing some amount of product manager, uh, product management already. It's just like, how do you take it to the you know next level? So I just translated all what I did into a product uh, mindset to say that, hey, I built websites that was having X number of visitors and that generated this amount of revenue. And uh, I just updated my CV with like that. And then, then I thought about the data science projects I did. So for instance, I was working for a chatbot project. So I was actually collecting the requirements. I was speaking to the person all the time because there was no product manager. And then I was leading the products uh, for the six months. In the, in the end, I delivered the output as a chatbot. So then I took feedback from him. So, and you build metrics to monitor it. Like uh, what was the satisfaction score of the chatbot? What is the sentiment score of chatbot? So when you think about it, you actually did some product management there. So all these projects I correlated into something more like product management. And then I, when I had the confidence, like, like I knew that I applied for a job that I was like not literally qualified for because I was not, I'm for sure was underqualified, but I gave it a try still. And at that time, Revolut was quite open about these things. And they wanted someone with data science background and it was quite hard to find as well. So I had a plus point there to go in and um, it helped. And uh, actually it, it was like, uh, I don't know, it, it took some time, I would say, to prepare for it and to translate everything into product mindset. A uh, lot of reading, speaking with a lot of people, understanding. And as I said, you can't, you cannot learn product management just by reading. You need to do it. So I did some ex projects as well, which helped me to, you know, 
communicate that I was doing X and delivering what value as well. So, yeah, I think that was a simple process. Yeah. I mean, I can't say simple, but that was the process. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So basically as a data scientist, you were already in a quite good position to um, move more into the business side of things, into the product side of things. I right? think because yeah. as a data scientist, you have to do these things. You have to understand your domain. You have to, you know, work closely with product managers. Um, yep. And then you can just do more of that, and yes. eventually, you know, partner yep. with your product manager. Eventually, maybe take a part of their responsibility, and then yep. drive that. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So that's how I transitioned as well. Like I was uh, exactly doing the same. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you said you it took some time to prepare. You did some reading. Um, do you remember what kind of reading you you did? What did you? Um, did you yeah. Do? So there's like, I mean, there's like how like a book. I mean, it's like how to crack PM interview. It's like mm. it's how to crack coding coding interview. I I read coding interview when I was applying for <laughs> engineering jobs, and then now after that I read the PM interview on. Then the, I think there is a lot of material out there about product management because uh, especially from product managers from all these scale-up startups uh, doing a lot of stuff. So I I think how to crack PM interview was one thing that helped. Then I think uh, Lean, Lean uh, I think there's a Lean startup book by Eric Reese, I think. So I think that mentions about the importance of measuring things and going in a lean philosophy, which is a very key value and importance in product management, right? Uh, because, um, and the other thing is constantly, I think I also listen to a lot of people speaking stuff. For instance, uh, as I mentioned about not jumping right into solutions, another important thing is you shouldn't uh, do a lot of assumptions also in product management. So these kind of things you learn by doing and listening to people. So because we are wired to do assumptions, but I have seen assumptions, one wrong assumption making a lot of bad <laughs> business issues. So these kind of things you only learn by doing stuff and observing things and speaking to people. So you learn from experience as well over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as a data scientist, get more into um, doing pairing with your product manager, then yep. read the cracking PM interview, and then a lean startup book, and then just talk to product people, right? That's, uh, yeah, that's a mean, summary. Yeah, that's a small summary, I would say, because- uh, Do this for two years, right? Yeah, I mean, it took two, three years of, this is like two years of what I did for summarized. I think it's also at some, at some point, it's also, if you depends on your manager as well, once you start into product career, if your manager is quite good, uh, he can be your mentor as well because he's if he give if he's giving you good feedback. Uh, if not, you should find definitely someone to mentor you uh, because uh, it's important. I would say to have a good product mentor. Um, then I think Airbnb chief product officer I forgot his name. He writes a lot in product management as well. So I follow a lot of product people around uh, in my LinkedIn and in social network as well. So I get random thoughts here and there, you know, uh, on a timely basis. So, which is like food for thought, which is important as well. Okay, thanks. And uh, what do you think about people who do not work as uh, data scientists uh, right now or engineers? Can they become machine learning product managers? Um, I mean, traditional, 
I, I, I mean, it's more easier for them to be a traditional software engineering PM, I would say, because uh, when you go into like writing specifications, uh, understanding the requirements, then if they have some understanding of machine learning philosophy, yes, it will work. But right, hundred percent, like you know, immediate transition may not be that easy. But I would never say a hard no to it because I think some people are very good in learning stuff. So if they can learn the philosophies and understand how an AI project is structured, uh, I think they can do it as well. Because it's in the end, most of the things I mentioned or I do as a AI product manager, uh, I think eighty percent is same as normal product management. Uh, it's just that that 20% where I add more value with my background. Uh, if you're an engineer, you already add, you could add it. It's just like you may need to learn a bit more about AI product management. So this shouldn't be stopping you from applying into a ML product management job. That's just my uh, personal take. Then it depends on companies because some companies, they are like, hey, I want someone like this, 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 then some of them are more flexible. So you need to find people who are going to trust you to give you that kind of you know opportunities. And you mentioned that you applied for a job that you weren't qualified for. So I yeah. guess you never know when you read the job description if yeah. uh, people are there on the other side of the job application are actually giving you can give you you know this uh, opportunity to learn or not so the only yeah. way to find out is just to apply and see what yeah. happens right definitely definitely i think that's the philosophy i, I also like when i was applying to revolute i really liked the product i was i'm i was using it for two years so when they started to speak to me i knew about the product a lot and they knew that i have clear passion to do something to their business in a good way so which was more than helpful as a product manager uh, to me to join there, right? So I think sometimes uh, if you have clear, you can clearly showcase your passion and your interest into this domain. Uh, I think it, it is possible uh, to crack into this, yes. Yeah, interesting, thanks. Um, yeah, we have a, quite a few questions. I don't think we will be able to cover all of them, but let's try to cover at least a couple. So there is a question from Eva. The question is, how do you deal with uh, user research and result, uh, and how does it influence uh, your work? Uh, my research. Yeah, so how do you deal with user research? So do you oh, do okay. user research at all? Yeah, so uh, user research here, I'm assuming it more like will be for me, the data scientists and mm -hmm. how they are using the platform. So uh, we do have, I mean, right now, what I do is I speak with the data scientists and data science leads on a monthly basis. We have uh, follow-up sessions with them about feedback. Then we do constantly surveys, like once in every two months about feedback, which capabilities are being used. Uh, then what we do is we produce uh, something called a happiness report, like for the internal platform. So like, let's say for this platform, our customers are liking these features, they are using these features while they have complaints about, usually it's about documentation, lack of this quality, lack of stability in certain areas. So then we come back, I share this with the team and say like, hey, these are the feedback we got. 
how can we work on it? So when I prioritize my objectives or key results for next quarter or even for sprint, I try to address some of these challenges uh, in uh, in an ongoing way. So use, and it's also an objective of my product as well to increase the usability of the platform. So constantly we speak to the customers on understand what's the user's need, and then we translate that into our objective as well. So we do some initiatives to keep it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Another question from Eva is, uh, what do you think about quality assurance uh, people and what is their role uh, in ML products? Um, we don't have QAs in in the last two companies I worked. Uh, like QAs as QAs, like typical QAs, mm-hmm. if I understand the cor- cor- question correctly. Because uh, usually uh, we expect, uh, so in Revolut, the expectation is, or data, the engineers and data scientists and MLEs, they should do the QA of their own code, right? So, and as a product manager, what I did is to have a checklist for release. So, uh, especially when my product was a, was a governance product, uh, there was, I would say, five different benchmarkings to be passed to go a model into production for that each model. So let's say you have a new version of your model, what we did is we tested it for the historical data for like maybe six months, how the model is performing and uh, we over the historical data. Then we took some industry public benchmarks for the same use case. We validated that. And then we also had a labeled gold data set as well. So then we have the results from shadowing in the, in the production with actual live traffic. So we had this quality control process for models which uh, we worked like myself and uh, my data science team, I worked with them to create a process. So that was a quality control. So every model and every version, when we create this, we test it for this and we slowly roll out. So that's a quality control for what we did for my last job. And here in the platform team is usually the engineers itself. They write their own tests and uh, we try to make sure we have good test coverage and, uh, everything so yeah i think in the end i don't think everything is perfect <laughs> it's like um, people do have bugs i think if you don't do bugs i don't think you are <laughs> not doing your job correctly i think <laughs> okay yeah thanks do you have a couple of more minutes yeah sure 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 yeah so there is another question also from eva thanks eva for asking questions so the third one. So do you have any tips for somebody for who is working, let's say, as a Scrum Master right now, who is totally new to machine learning and they need now to support machine learning team? So do you have any advice for them uh, what they can do to support their teams better? Um, I am not sure I understood the question correctly, but um, so Scrum Master usually if I understand the role, it's mostly about running the agile practices, right? So, which is what I also do sometimes like as a product manager. So I think to extend, if it's to extend the scope, it's just, you need to work to take more time in the part of problem definition with product manager to define the problem properly. Because as a Scrum Master, you are already quite experienced in delivering the product and you know how to do it you know how to prioritize your backlog. So which is a great asset for any good PM because usually 
even though agile philosophies is not directly mentioned in PM interviews, some of the companies or every company value it a lot to have a good agile uh, background or you know how to fix your final prioritize your backlog or how can I uh, deliver, uh, let's say, a roadmap. So this is very important. And then I think the next tension is uh, you will think about how to now create a roadmap rather than someone creating it for you. So you can create, you can again need to work there with your PM to say that, hey, maybe for this project, I can create a roadmap and I can deliver it. So it's just, I don't think the transition is super hard because I have seen a lot of Scrum Masters coming into uh, product management um, and also a lot of business business analysts uh, coming into product management. Yeah, but if you want to become a um, machine learning product management, then you also need to learn a bit of machine learning. Exactly. So you, you, you definitely need to uh, learn machine learning as well. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, thanks. I think we should be wrapping up. Is there anything else you would like to mention before we finish? Um, no, I just no, I just wanted to say like uh, thanks a lot, you know, for uh, inviting me to share. It's uh, also about one thing is about product management. What I think is uh, it's also important that don't think this job is quite you know uh, chill. It, it's a very demanding job. You should always think about how to go out of your comfort zone on a timely basis because uh, sometimes I'm doing the job of product manager. I'm doing product ownership. Scrum master job. Sometimes when EM is not there, I have to cover up for engineering management. So uh, there is a lot of responsibilities, but it's uh, super exciting because you get to see the wider picture and uh, see the business and you see how we can contribute and add more and more value uh, to the business. So I'm happy, you know, if anyone have any feedback or any questions or want to join Glovo, so we are hiring product managers. We are hiring data product managers. So yeah, please reach out to me. I'll be happy to help. Is it only for people who are in Barcelona or you also hire remotely? Uh, we are hiring. We have remote teams, actually. We started newly some remote teams. Like we are, we call it Project Jupiter. So more like an experimentation. We have some engineering teams that are remote because Glow is not traditionally a remote first company because it's very operations heavy. So in engineering, apparently we are opening few remote positions, but we also have tech hubs in Madrid, uh, Warsaw, and in uh, in Barcelona. So if you are based there, it's perfect. If not, there is few remote roles as well, and hiring a lot of data product managers as well. Yeah. Hey, if somebody wants to apply or somebody wants to ask you a question, what's the best way to find you? Yeah, just LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> as always, yeah, that's the best way. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us today. I know it's a public holiday for you. So thanks for finding time to join us and share your experience with us. And thank you everyone for um, attending and asking questions. Thanks a lot, Alexia.